Hi, and welcome to Talking to Artists, a casual weekly conversation where artists share their inspirations, process, challenges, and business ideas to give art lovers and aspiring artists a peek behind the curtain. I'm Kate Taylor, full-time Canadian artist and your host today. Thanks so much for joining us. Good morning and welcome to another episode of Talking to Artists, a podcast designed to get behind the scenes of, uh, of kind of an artist's creative life as well as the business life that's required and is important to actually get your art out into the world. So uh, today I'm Kate Taylor, your host, an abstract painter based in Toronto, and I started this just during COVID to be able to kind of have an opportunity to kind of connect to all my friends and other people that I really enjoy. So that's been really fun. So a couple of uh, things. This is episode 24 already. It's incredible. And a couple of things to let people know about the one of a kind online is still on. So if you're looking at doing some Christmas shopping, holiday shopping, shopping for yourself because you feel like you need it, it's a really great opportunity to kind of avoid some of the big box stores and really support your local artists. And that would be really appreciated by, by everybody. The other thing is that there, I'm also part of a square foot show in Courtney Comox as part of Art Alchemy out in uh, my sister's show. So there's kind of some great shows there. It's going to be a combination of a live event as well as online. And Pie Art Squared is a show that started through Art Alchemy, which is actually just round, all round art. So we've got about 34 artists that are participating. The opening is going to be December 4th. So put it on your calendar, check Pie Art Squared, check Art Alchemy site for the, some of the stuff that's coming in because it's really exciting. So today I'm going to uh, introduce you to Michael Sachter. He's a photographer who also does a lot of kind of urban um, experiential art, which is kind of interesting. So he's going to talk about a couple of his projects. And I can see here that Michael's here. So I'm going to invite him. I'm doing today's broadcast from my cottage studio. So trying to take advantage of the last bit of lovely weather, although today's a bit colder than it was yesterday. Just we're really blessed with some incredible weather. It's so great to be able to take the opportunity to work as much as possible outside. Last weekend, uh, we had all the tables out, and that was really, really wonderful. And so, I don't know, so good for the heart and the soul when there's just so much stuff going on in the world. It's nice to sort of escape for a little bit and kind of connect back to nature, which is always fun. It's basically, it's a family cottage. It's been in my family for about 40, 40 years, and we're located north of Kingston and south of Sharbert Lake. So it's a very small uh, lake. If you kind of, if I can turn here, you can kind of see a little bit of the, the scenery. It's great. We have 14 acres of land, so it's really pretty rustic, which is kind of what I like. It's very quiet, but I like the fact that there's just lots of lots of privacy. I can hear you. Hey, Michael, how are you? <laughs> so good to see you. There we hey, go. Hey, <laughs> are you back? I'm back. I think I'm back. <laughs> Good, because I was running out of stuff to ramble about. <laughs> uh, sorry for the artistic tap dancing. Thank you. No, no problem. Okay, so we finally have Michael online, and we can actually hear. Yeah, I know. Sometimes these things just happen, and of course, they always happen. doesn't matter. You can't test anything ahead of time. So I was talking about, obviously, primarily you are a photographer, and I sort of see your stuff as being kind of combination of urban and also a little bit of abstract but then you have these kind of experiential environments that you kind of place your photography in so let's just start off with maybe you can give us a little bit of a blurb about who you are and what you do and what you're excited about right now thank you so much Kate thanks for for inviting me to this 
So by, by nature, business person over years and years, but since a kid, artistic bent and grew up as a gallery rat. Uh, my mom was a curator of an art gallery. And oh, cool. So we got dragged around to <laughs> endless, endless uh, places with art in them. So my eye is sort of trained uh, actually more initially around fine art than photography, but photography and mixed media I fell in love with. So some of the photographer, a lot of the photography I have, be it abstract or how I see the world and share it, is informed first by, by sort of more fine art aesthetic. And then obviously photography in its own way. And I decided, I've been doing stuff my whole life, but decided nine years ago, I would share it out, just sort of put it out in the universe, right? And, and make it- Take that scary first step. <laughs> yeah, it was actually invigorating. So I know like when, when people hear it, how, however I'm wired, when I, once I sort of thought, you know, what do I want to be spending more of my time doing later in life? I did this anyways, but it's like, uh, this is going to, it's exciting. So I guess part of me enjoys the uh, going out. The adrenaline rush? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. I'm like that too. Like I find when it comes to an idea, it's just like, okay, if I've got the idea now, let's go. I'm not going to do a lot of thinking about it. I'm just going to move, <laughs> move fast I, on it. <laughs> I'm learning to move faster. I have, I, I've, I've got too much of a dose of think about it. But so I did actually spend a, a little while thinking about, uh, and the first bridge to cross for me in this was, Definitely doing it, but okay, am I going to be the film guy because I was a film photographer or am I going to step like truly just embrace digital? And that mm -hmm. took a little while. And, and so like all the steps of the thinking. So yeah, I decided digital, not film, even though I have a love and I come from, you know, oh, shooting film. Me no, too. Oh. I, yeah, I, I mean, I love my major actually was photography as well. Oh. And, uh, and I love the film and I love the dark room and I love that serendipity-ness of it. Yeah which I find is, you know, digital is a completely different mindset. Like you can do some amazing things in digital you could never do conventionally, but it definitely is a different way of thinking and seeing the world. It is. And, 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 I've, and I'll talk, come back to serendipity because it happens absolutely in the digital space too. So from there, all these decision steps like, oh, what am I going to be? Like, am I going to be fine art? Am I going to be doing mass stuff? Like, what is that? How does it express itself? So end up, I decided I wanted to do uh, limited editions, fine art. And the sort of mission mm -hmm. statement at the start of it was to make the world more beautiful. I just find there's so much concrete and gray at, or, or, you know, private spaces for sure, but also public spaces wanting to do big things and make, make where we live and work and uh, uh, just more more enjoyable be, because of the art which maybe harkens back to you know early days of being dragged around art galleries or what so well i'm i'm guessing too that you probably your home was then also probably filled with a lot of art um, and a lot of beautiful yeah. things and i think if you grow up that way you just sort of assume that that's just the way everybody grows up and that becomes part of your comfort zone you know like i don't want to live in white i want to live in a place where they've got beautiful things on the walls and beautiful things you know art it's homemade. very true it's very true. And if I look around our house, it looks like a gallery. So it's expressed that way for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then how to display. And so really baby steps and diving in. So the diving in is find a group show and commit to a date. <laughs> so for everyone out there on whatever level you're committing to, and I know, Kate, you're an adventurer and around the world jumping into doing exhibitions all over. But once you commit, it sharpens your focus. Like, you know what you have to do. Yeah. So there's something very healthy about just signing up 
taking the action and then you just have to solve it. Like there's just no escaping. Yeah. You have a deadline. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I was talking to this woman when I was in San Diego and she's like, I really want to, I really want to be an artist. I'm, you know, I, I'm taking these classes, but I'm just, and I quit my day job, but I just am finding that I really can't get into it. And I said, what did you do as a day job? And she was like a trader or something, which is pretty time sensitive, aggressive. I'm like, you need a deadline. <laughs> you're, you're not working because you don't have a deadline. I said, sign up for anything, any show. And I guarantee you, you'll be creating. Yeah. And there's a saying, right? Like the prospect of a hanging sharpens the focus, right? Like you, you, you got to be oh. there that day. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so I did that for myself and I uh, did my uh, lots of sort of how I wanted, you know, how do you frame it? How do you price it? All, all these micro decisions but then you get mm. there and then you learn a whole bunch of stuff you didn't know. So I got it sort of dove in there. But with that purpose in mind and wanting to create a, a, a momentum towards big pieces, you know, you have to create a story. So that led me to uh, obviously do more, but also do things that help validate. So uh, I submitted to some contests, won some nice recognition from the SNAP photo um, oh that's great festival in toronto exit that that and other activities led to exhibiting in new york a few times with some artist collaborative friends so this was something that was really helpful i reached out to a friend that i met at the artist project and i was just in love with his thinking and we've become friends and uh, over a coffee i was like how do you get yourself because he was getting himself into some pretty high high-end places with his art and it's like i don't understand tell me how mm -hmm. your journey and whatnot and so we were talking one of the things so what did he say then now i'm curious oh well then <laughs> well, you know i learned what, what i learned actually is he, he's a bit of a madman like he's very creative and and there's a lot of thought behind the, the art but he literally does stuff in the wild and promotes so i learned a lot of the, the gorilla style of art promotion from him but I also yeah. got invited to a New York art show that was a 20 by 20 show. So it didn't matter what medium, what you were doing, but everybody had to live in a 20 by 20 space. So it was bite size. It was in New York. It was in New York, right? So yeah, that's pretty cool. That helped, that's always right? cool. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, and, and that helps the story back in Toronto. So yeah, did that. And the serendipity there, not to do with the process of digital photography, but life, is saying yes to things brings things as long as you sort of are open and listening and so i was talking to someone at the one show i knew it was like honestly i didn't think i was going to sell anything it'd be lovely if it happened but it was more to do it and to be mm -hmm. there and and yeah so another curator came by the show and invited my photography and my wife shauna's artwork because they got talking to two more shows in New York. And the final one was in uh, a Chelsea district gallery. So we kind of, we stepped up from Hell's Kitchen and Little Gallery Group show <laughs> with established, you know, gallerists to, yeah. to actually a really pretty great space and a great place. Yeah, so saying yes to things and being open. Oh, I, I think, really I just, I just want to stop you for a second because I think that is probably one of the best pieces of advice that you can take is say yes. like. Don't worry about how you're going to do it or if you can do it. Because the reality is if someone's approaching you on something like that, the chances are you have the ability to do it, right? And the Artist Network, a little plug there, which we joined, was another part of the <laughs> trip. And thank, 
you and everyone for all the hard work is a community and there is a community and there's always people like in, in our lives who are there ready to help out. You know, there's always yeah. the opportunity to say, Hey, I'm a little over my head here. Any suggestions? And the world shows up like, you know, people want to help people and people who are often further along in a career too that, you know, they've, they were struggling at one point or they were in your position. And so, well, I think that there's always people that are, that are ahead of you in their careers and there's always people that are going to be behind you. Right. And I, I am a firm believer. Well, as everybody knows, like a rising tide floats all boats. Like if you can help, if you can help other people that are just starting out, then people that are above you can help you and they draw the whole community up so that hopefully everybody sells. And I do think it's important to your point too. I just want to talk about because being able to just pick up the phone and reach out to people and ask the questions I've personally found that almost everybody is pretty open to sharing the knowledge they have. I mean, everybody's take on their creativity is different. So it's really more about the business tips of how to get there. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's the exception that's a friction point. It's really people, yeah. do, people lift it up and succeed and find their way. So, so in pursuit of that artist network that brought that, you know, so journey story there is just before I got, to artist network what behind me i'll actually pan out a little you know, what you'll see is the very first piece that moved me it was a real shift called shelter and you'll notice the outline of a family huddled under and that gentleman that i met at the artist's project had a full practice where people interact with his art so the notion of interaction reaction which i love like i, mm -hmm. I hate if people don't respond to the art I create, that's not so good. If they hate it, that's okay. Take yeah, you don't want someone to be like, nee, nee, nee. <laughs> that doesn't do anything for you, right? No, it doesn't, it doesn't harm me. Thought about it, taking time in their life, you know, something. So <laughs> this interaction and this piece is called Shelter. And that was the genesis of the shift, which was, while I want to make the world more beautiful, I wanted to use my art and how I think about art expression and interaction to make social change, to ignite conversations, not just about the art itself, but the intention behind it. So this was Raise Consciousness for Homelessness. I created it uh, adapting my friend's process about inviting people to write on it and and then and where it went to was a fundraiser for a Red Door Shelter eight exhibitions, over 800 interactions, four new computers for the new shelter they just opened. In the doing of that, when I added it to a, a two-person show as a last-minute thing, I kind of woke up with an epiphany that I wanted to do this. People were weeping. People were sharing stories. Things happened there that were so fundamentally deep. I was like, huh, I don't think I'll ever do a show without having a component like this. That was sort of step one. I, I was like, I, I, it's 80-20 the other way now. So now I'm, I, I certainly, commissions I do, I sell my art, I do promote my art on the beauty side, but I probably 80% of my energy is all towards social impact and art and interaction. And that, that led me to the group at Artist Network supporting me when, when we did Again, saying yes, I was dedicated yeah. to doing this and swore I would do nothing until I got this created because I have something that is a city scale. So I have imagined how I would get whole cities engaged digitally 
in interacting <laughs> on the digital version of this piece of art and get the conversation elevated on a city level to dealing with homelessness, which we're getting a sense of how important it is times 10 with COVID. Oh, yeah, for sure. So in the swearing of that, like I drive a stake in the ground, one, one of the folks at, at the Artist Network invited me to submit to participate in, in a group show for Contact. And Contact Photography Festival is the world's largest photo festival. And I was like, hmm, I'll break my rule because I'll do it. <laughs> that it's might be a good idea. <laughs> group show, but it's not as expensive and it's a group show, so it's not me mounting a, a solo show of my own at Contact, mm -hmm. which was in my sort of vision at some point. So he'll, and, and it'll help, I think, support what I was intending to do. And out of that came, and you were very supportive, so thank you, as many in the Artist Network, uh, a conversation with myself. The, yeah. the, the crazy stuff is, and the serendipity is, I didn't set the tone for our group show. Jim Bray did, and it was isolation. And I chose to portray isolation as where it can be a good thing. And from that came uh, a month before show the idea of, of creating a second interactive piece of art. And that's a conversation with myself. And it has had eight shows now. The last place before COVID was City Hall in the Rotunda for nine days. <laughs> and, and through that, I've, I've really learned what I think is a way to uh, actually have a material impact on people's the uptake of mental health services from wherever you stand from the most. And I think we had it at the uh, at Art Walk in the Square up at the shops of Don Mills. Yeah. And it was really interesting that you could kind of really see people spent a pretty good amount of time sitting there by themselves, looking at the art, thinking about, I guess, thinking about their life and their mental health. And, and there was money raised for CAMH, I think, on that one too, right? In, in the initial... So, the, yeah, it, there's cards that were the reproduction of the art that raised money for CAMH. And so I, all I can encourage is things lead to things. You, you know, if you're, on, if you're out there and the things there were, I, it was a space I created to invite people to step away from a busy, distracted, stressful life. Sit down, stop time and think about what matters to them most. So that's not it doesn't have to be mental it's mental wellness at any stage like it's important to check mm -hmm. in with your do this and it's hard developing and safe and comfortable it was designed with a lot of intention and it it worked so strongly that it actually working on the city shelter project but it, it, it this it, it was just a massive connection of people so there's a, a board of it that come from areas and it has I'm waiting for it to be included in Ontario Shores. I'm working with PhDs on studying its impact as part of the recovery process because people were invited to step in, sit down, do that contemplation, and then they could voluntarily write anything they thought about in a book. And the mm -hmm. book was, you could read what others had left. You could leave something for others, could write nothing and read others. And there was some kind of magic that happened in how people interacted with not just the art, but the space, the light, the sound shift when you're inside and all the things yeah. add up, up to this openness that mental health experts that I work with have shared. It's actually some of the hardest thing to do. We have, quote, like hundreds of millions of dollars spent with mental health services, and much of it doesn't get used because people, we can't, it's so hard to get the conversation started 
Well, it's, it's pretty non-threatening. Like I think the ch part of the challenge is that the people that need to reach out for mental health help are also have a hard time kind of getting, getting going. And it's a, it's a big, huge step to do something like that. So to be able to kind of just be at something like an art show, uh, which is pretty, I think pretty welcoming in its very nature because artists tend to be pretty open and stuff like that. And then to be able to have something like that on site where you that can then kind of step in it's a pretty easy step to do, which I think is a really nice way of starting those conversations. Yeah, and, and that was the hope. And so there were ideas around piloting it in a workspace setting, in public setting for sure, which our art shows are an example of that. And then also on campus. So there was heavy lifting and work being done on all three. And then I, pardon me, started to plan because of the depth of what people shared coming out of it, because I and some, some, some folks, Shauna and some other people who helped receive people in and out, felt, I felt a, a, an instant kind of responsibility to address the, the following question, which was, now what? So now you've gone yeah. in, you spent two minutes there, and you've come in, you've shared this incredible how you feel, how you felt, what, what, what did you think? And people went from elation all the way through to, I'm really struggling with X. This is where I'm at. This is my story. It's like wow. Okay, I think I think I I think I have to do more now that you've left. And so I, I'm I'm busy working on that. It got mightily slowed down by COVID, but not right. stopped. It was invited into and and the plans are to integrate it into ten museum experiences in Toronto as well. So it, it's still got that arts touch, but the idea of sort of your own voice, but then being able to connect to other voices around a topic. We were slated for like a four-year run, sort of used across museums. So there's stuff. People struggling with COVID and the isolation and stuff. I mean, it feels like there's even more of a need of something like this than there was even pre-COVID. Yeah. So it was, a, it was the more you learn, you learn. And, and, and that sounds sort of trite, but you, you, the mental health space, which is very serious for everyone, it was 51 billion in measured lost productivity in Canada tied to mental health and mental wow. health issues in 2016, estimated to grow to 81 billion. And this was pre-COVID. I mean, it's really, it's the center of so much for every family. Everyone knows people and everybody has different levels of struggle and resilience and, and caring, like giving care for others and what that demands of or draws from people. So, mm -hmm. yeah. It's uh, it's going to evolve with COVID, but the, the need was huge before, and it's just sadly even more so. So we're starting to, to start up the engines. I really took a hiatus because there was nothing much to do. It's a place where you go in and you sit, and the next person comes, and you know, you know, wiping everything down. And it's decidedly intended to be low tech. So that so me me having to reimagine if there are tech elements, how how do they feel low tech? Because some of the yeah. challenge for youth and on campus is the disconnect in human contact because they're so involved in technology and the... Yeah, presumably some of the benefit too is that, you know, it's not a big deal to step into it. You can just kind of slide into the environment without, it's like, yeah. hang on, stand in line, wear your mask, I'm going to clean it. Like it kind of creates a completely different experience. It does. So getting ready to sort of have some meetings with different, some of my advisors and some of the folks on the museum side to explore what that is or will be. And and I'm looking at, I did a slim down version, trying to be adaptable, actually kind of in an environment where you are. So it was out in the woods, 
and the images, and there's some, for everyone who's listening, there's some key words that are thought starters, and there's some key, an image that is, opens you up or invites you to sit and have this contemplation. But I did, I, I, I used nature as the space rather than the enclosure I created. So I have a- Is that something that, for example, if I was interested in incorporating that concept here at, at my cottage, is it something that's in a template that grows kind of organically, or is it something that you're putting in, in different, natural spaces because i'd love to do one here i think it would be really a cool thing i mean i find even just as soon as i touch the earth all the stress goes away but but i think it would be cool to incorporate something like that so let's do it i'll say yes okay all right excellent i'll say yes too (laughs) and i do believe that it's an aside but but bare feet and touching the ground and connecting like actually magnetically connecting to where you stand matters we have a lot that stands between us anyways i think it's no uh, surprise that with covid so many people have got into gardening i think there is something about connecting back to the earth and having your fingers dirty and dirt under your fingernails is sometimes a good thing you know pretty much always i think yeah well unless you're going out for dinner then it's just gross (laughs) (laughs) and probably not too covid safe either actually (laughs) no that's true (laughs) so so the sideline and i guess the thing that you're so kind of highlight in the in the preamble was so I was sidelined. I mean, literally, we were working on plans to be in museums, working on plans to be installed with one unit installed in Ontario Shores Hospital, working with PhDs to study if people have this experience. My thesis is more people will access and thrive with the supports that are available. And if that's true, then there's enough to incorporate this in. It's not a cure all, but it's a portal it's a it's a, a it's way a to use the article yeah. towards a better version of that was the thesis and i was busy working on that and foundation funding and you know get on campus and study so just provide it like there's a a whole other thing that was happening on campus with suicide and mental health stress so it'll come but you know i've had to like everybody else pivot and adjust and so while feeling a little bit down about it and feeling so grateful for so many friends of ours and others who were sustaining us during COVID-19, I created another project because that's what we do. It's good to keep your brain busy on, and focus sometimes on other people. I can think that sometimes helps mentally to get out of your own space and put it in someone else's space. All the time. So I'm assuming that was the gratitude flag. Gratitude flag I created with a dear friend who, who has all the uh, tech abilities I don't have, notwithstanding even getting online with you. <laughs> you know, he, 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 he came, uh, we met years and years ago, he's a bit of a savant and said, when I told him about my city, here's the good thing about telling people, here's another thing, sharing what your intention is, like make sure your heart's clear, it's what you wanna do, but be open to it shifting around and so I shared with him what I was trying to do, making this sort of cityscape scale, projecting it on a huge wall, people digitally writing on it, raising awareness for, for and conversations and civic support around funding, how we solve homelessness. And, the, and, and he just cocked his head and was listening to me. And I told him my tale of woe because I needed to do a lot of math and a lot of how does one do this? Did, and it's like, started to ask me deep questions and I was like okay I know what that means are you would you help me <laughs> <And he was> like, <laughs> if 
retired. He's like, you know, it's it's this or golf and sailing. And it's like, yeah, I'll do this. That's so, so cool. Yeah. So it, I, I had to find somebody, but that it's but it's Guy is double special because he's just a beautiful soul in the world and funny and very smart in the areas like this. And so we were busy building the technology to do what I described. Mm-hmm. But with the idea with COVID, I came up with the idea of Canadian gratitude flag and, and said, Geek, can we use the same technology to do this? And he was like, yeah. So, so basically that was the birth of it where it's basically the Canadian flag with red bars on either side. As, as you've seen, I invite anybody to come to truthtube.ca slash the wall black Canada and I invite it and he and I invite everybody to think about anybody they're grateful for that's helped them to known to them or just because they're doing it and write a message of gratitude that will you get to see placed on the flag on and you get it goes to this is this it was launched Canada Day last Canada Day intention is to create a movie video basically the even build so as it gets built and the love that that people are showing so listening and all your circle anybody that you're yeah. for to say something and just say thank you and be part of this flag it's a pretty cool experience actually when you kind of really think about what you're going to write and how how it's going to be used and how many people see it like i know when i did it you know you just you do think about it for a bit right and I, and i've i've had that feedback like people are kind of like even some resistance like oh well, because it doesn't feel like work to me, but some people have been like, I have to really think about what I'm writing. And I'm kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank That's you. the point. So the, the, it, it, well, it takes it from being that flippant, almost social media response back, oh, that's great, da, 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 happy condolences, to something that you really do think about. And you think about the people that are on the front lines and how they're being affected and how just that emotional support can really help them get through it. Yeah, so we were just talking about how to get the word out and you wanted to get a hundred thousand Canadians to sign the gratitude flag. So <laughs> when I, when I, when I post this, not that I have a hundred thousand followers, I wish, but I don't, but make sure that if you comment back, you maybe put that, that uh, URL in the, in the Instagram too, or a link to it. And then we'll kind of see if we can help you get to that hundred thousand. Cause that would be really cool. And so what's, uh, what about Our, what's, what's next you for you? Next for me is re reinvigorating the the effort on a conversation with myself so there are so put that push is there uh canadians the canadian gratitude flag is taking work so i've been reaching out and hustling trying to get some pr to amp where we're at and so i think Mm -hmm. that that requires energy so i have to put it towards there and i had a nice thing that actually happened we we had an outdoor art show as part of north toronto group of artists that we were yeah, all that was really cool <laughs> in. and actually sold some some pieces and you know i've had my head so focused on these social impact projects it was actually a joy to just hear somebody be really excited about having one of my big pieces in their home and it's kind of like you know i think i have to it, it, you know maybe at least give some energy back to that but it seems to me it, it's all part of the same it's part of the same thing right like you either you're dealing with social issues that hopefully will, will improve lives of people. And then on an individual scale, especially now, like I think people need a little bit of joy and a little bit of happiness in their homes. And so you're doing that by selling one piece at a time. Thank you. I can be very mission driven. So when the mission was, you know, the, and there was so much going on with 
the social impacts. But I will actually uh, definitely post the link to the gratitude flag because it is really cool. And if you have an opportunity, if you're ever at a place where, where you can participate in a conversation with myself, it's a really, it's a very interesting experience and with a bit of introspection and stuff, which is kind of really important. So I didn't get to ask him his hairy ass goals. However, if he's planning on extending this homeless messaging out to multiple cities across the world, I'd say that's a pretty amazing hairy ass goal. So anyway, I do want to thank everybody for joining me and I apologize for cutting Michael off so abruptly. So I will have to, um, I'll have to basically do some editing on that. We only actually have a few minutes left anyway, but I didn't I want to just cut you off at you. the knees like I that. Thank you. <laughs> and I do want to take these things around the world. They're built, they're built intentionally to be big and around the world. But it's yeah. all these moments that help make it all happen. I thank you deeply for including me in this and in your uh, session and look forward to being up at the cottage running a uh, wilderness conversation with myself. <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah, I, I mean, I love that kind of stuff. And anything I can do on the CAMH front as well is let me know because I think it's also a very, very worthy and necessary cause. So I really appreciate your candor and, and you know, I think it's an amazing goals you have. And so I really look forward to kind of being part of seeing what happens next. Thank you, Kate. And everybody who dialed in, thanks. Okay, thank you. Okay, Bye. now I'm actually going to cut them off properly as opposed to being rude. Anyway, thank you so much. And so this one will probably require a little bit of editing. So we will see if that happens or not. But you can take a look at this. I will be posted on my Instagram IGTV page as well as my Facebook page. And I'm also putting them on YouTube as well. So that's youtube.com slash Kate Taylor Art. And so they're kind of designed to be a little bit of a podcast, so you can actually hear them. You don't necessarily have to look at the audio, which is kind of fun. Next week, we have, interestingly, someone who was the chair of SNAP for many years, uh, Jim Turner, and he has actually retired out to Prince Edward County and has created this beautiful little gallery called Two Gallery. So we're going to be talking to him next week. We've got Lori Ryerson coming up in a few weeks. She's going to talk about her, she does landscape, beautiful landscape photography, especially icebergs and up in uh, up north and so she's going to talk about some of her quite amazing and unique travels that she's been on so i look forward to seeing you next thursday for episode 25 and hopefully we will work through all the technology issues at that point but thank you so much for everyone for joining me and have a great weekend enjoy it be outside get your feet in the air in the dirt and be happy